My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. We're doing it. All right. We are in the studio. Now, we don't have uh, we don't have the lighting worked out the way we want yet. Uh, we are videoing it, again, as I always say. Not that that's really going to matter, because we're probably not going to put the video out. But there may be a clip or so. Uh, but we're in the studio happening i got my favorite steve martin photo behind me i got my favorite uh old worn out painting of uh horses a white horse and a black horse and they're running through a field of some sort and uh it feels good i got my grandmother's afghan uh that she crocheted with her bare hands on a a Walmart chair that we bought off Facebook Marketplace from a real sketchy dude. Yeah. Um, you said don't get out of the car. I told her not to get out of the car, yeah. It was a sketchy little... The guy was probably fine. But whenever someone's selling a chair from Walmart on Facebook Marketplace, I got a question what's going on. Yeah, and then we come to find out we brought the chair home and there's a bit of a dent and stain in it. Yeah. Not a high-quality used chair. Right. So we cleaned it up, though, and I got an afghan over it, and I'm recording a podcast. Just the way my grandmother would have want the afghan that she didn't give me to be used. Amen, brother. My grandmother gave everyone at her church an afghan, but she never gave me an afghan. Now, maybe my grandmother didn't think I wanted an afghan. And maybe I didn't, but I have one now, and I'm happy to have it. Why do you think people have stopped making Afghans? I don't know that they have. Have they? I don't know. I mean... We're just not hanging around a lot of, like, old people like that. Or maybe they just made so many that there's no need to make any more. Built to last. They really ruined their own market. Yeah. They built things that never wear out. So there's, like, people are like, I'll never need another Afghan again. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like an old joke I used to have about the sweetgrass baskets in Charleston. They sell these sweetgrass baskets for like $100, and they tell you that they'll last forever. But the secret is all baskets last forever because (laughs) no one uses them. Right. Yeah. I don't like an afghan as a blanket. It's not a good couch blanket. It's only a good uh, over-the-top-of-another-blanket to give it some weight. Yeah. Or a decoration on a sofa. Yeah, on the back of a sofa or chair, like we're using it. Yeah. But it could also be, uh, you know, like if around around folded up and at the feet of the bed. Yeah. Now, we did talk about some things to talk about, and um, you took all the notes. Uh, So I, 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 but I I will start with a little um, where we've been, where we're going, because. You've been places. I've uh, been places. And that's what has been, uh, we really gotten kind of screwed up with the podcast lately. Uh, because last week I did one on a, we did one on a Monday. And then now this one's a little late. But we did one on a Monday. And then I flew to Dallas, Texas, where I did two shows at the Addison Improv. Now I've been to the Addison Improv before. 
Matter of fact, the Addison Improv has a few significant moments for me. One I constantly talk about, um, but I'll just kind of run through those. In all my featuring, I was driving all over the country doing random gigs. I did gigs in Oklahoma. I did gigs in Louisiana. I did gigs in New Mexico. I did gigs all around Texas, but I never featured in Texas. I never got to do comedy in Texas for a long time. I did comedy in Bossier City, Louisiana, which is right on the Texas line. I did, I did comedy with you one time, Hannah, at a casino in Kiowa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Our hotel was in Texas, and we drove up to Kiowa to do the gig. But never did I get to do a feature gig in Texas. Matter of fact, I think we did. Somebody, when I was in Baton Rouge, reminded me of this. I forgot all about it. Me and you went down and did comedy at Baton Rouge at some kind of open mic. And then we drove up through Dallas. And I remember having a blast at that show in Baton Rouge, by the way. It yeah, was that was weird... really fun. I like those little spots, though. Yeah, like it was that. a weird hipster joint. Didn't seem like it was going to be fun, but it was incredible. Yeah. And then we drove up and we went through Dallas. And we hung out in Dallas. We saw where Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. We had some barbecue, some brisket. But we had some barbecue and uh, hung out a little bit. And then we drove up to this casino in Kiowa, Oklahoma. Um, and we, you featured and I headlined, but I never did a gig in Texas until I got my management and my agents and I got booked at the improv in Addison, Texas. That was the first gig in Texas I ever did. I don't know if you knew that. Were you trying to go to Texas and they just wouldn't have you? A little bit. You know, I was just trying to get booked and, uh, yeah, I could never get booked mm -hmm. and it's okay. I'm not mad about it. Um, but I, I just, that was the significance. It was at the Addison Improv and it was really a lot of fun. I didn't sell a lot of tickets. I was pretty intimidated by the room. Um, but I was excited to be there at the end of the week. They paid me the amount of money that I had, you know, agreed to accept and, you know, looking back was a fairly small number, but at the time it, it was a lot for me. And I felt bad that the club was having to pay me that after the amount of people I brought into the club. Oh, wow. Um, now I know differently. They made plenty of money. It was yeah. fine. But I just thought, dang, I hate they have to pay me this. Um, and then the next time I went back was in May of 2020. And I know I've said this a million times. People are sick of hearing it. If someone would just make me an award... And I could put it on my wall and never have to tell anyone again. But in May of 2020, after COVID, uh, Addison was like, we're going to try to open. We're going to try to open at 25% capacity. They were like, we have you coming later in the year, but we need someone to come. Will you come? We'll honor your deal, which was a better deal than I had before. And they're like, we're only going to open at 25% capacity. Um, will you come? And I said, yes. And the Addison Improv... Uh, seems to think they were the only club in the world open at that time. I would say the very least they were the only club open in the country, and that would have made me the only comic headlining a club in the country on that weekend. Well, there are probably some people who would want to give you an, an award for that, but there's probably also some people who might want to lock you up. Right. I think so, especially at the time, but I think now knowing what we know now, 
really was not a big deal. I knew that back then, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, even then, I said to myself, "All right, I'm not going to take pictures with anyone. I'm not going to sell any merch. I'm not going to do any of that sort of stuff. I'm not going to shake any hands." And then I shook hands, I took pictures, and I sold merch. <laughs> I did shows on Friday and Saturday. Because, listen, this is who I am. If people want to shake my hand, I'm going to shake their hand. Unless I see visible uh, poop on their hands, I'm not going to do it. Wow, that's a pretty low bar standard. <laughs> if you want to shake my hand, I'm going to shake it. Now, if I just see a coffin into your hand, I'll give it a second. I'll say, wipe it on your jeans. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but the, um, so I did that show, uh, two show, four shows that weekend. And a matter of fact, uh, a comic named, uh, Alec Parent featured for me, who still works with me on the road a bit. And then Ralph Barbosa, f- uh, hosted for me. First time I'd ever met Ralph and he was hosting and I was like, wow, this guy's incredible. And then I had Ralph, um, Feature for me at Des Moines, Iowa, Funny Bone. And then he came and did my show at Zany's. Uh, and then the next time I went back uh, in 2022, uh, Ralph hosted for me again and then blew up and became, you know, very popular. Ralph's doing great. Um, and uh, and so now I, I'm going back. So th- those are the, really the two, uh, the COVID one and my first time in Texas. So, all right. Now, so then the next time, though, when I went back in 2022, I, that was like the first weekend where I was selling out shows. Yeah. Now, I started selling tickets a while back and I was doing really good. But that was the first club where I was like, oh, man, it says sold out on the website. On Not all of them, but I think four of the five shows I sold out. And I was like, whoa. So the Addison Improv uh, has some real milestones for me. And then this time I went back, I did two shows, one on a Tuesday, one on a Wednesday, and I sold them both out, and they were a lot of fun. Praise God. It was amazing. You shaking hands, and I mean, I didn't sell merch this time, but only because I was too lazy to take it. Yeah, not because you're afraid of pee hands or snot hands. We know that. But I did try on a shirt that a guy brought me. This guy, he, he's a listener of the podcast and uh, named Jacob. And he told me that he's also a Billy Joe Shaver fan. Um, he's what sent me on a uh, a bit of a rant about eating pork last week. Um, oh yeah, our friend and fan, the religious, self-described religious fundamentalist. Yes, and he brought me. He was also a Billy Joe Shaver fan. Yeah, and he said he had gone to a lot of Billy Joe Shaver shows. I don't know how many like concerts Billy Joe Shaver was doing because I love him, but I don't really know how big he was. Um, but I guess he threw out a shirt. Now it's just a Wrangler denim button-up shirt with the sleeves cut off and he threw it into the audience jacob believes he threw it to him either way jacob caught the shirt and jacob said he's too big to wear it so he gave it to me Hmm. so i tried on this shirt um for a picture with jacob yeah now the shirt's in the closet so i own a billy joe shaver shirt yeah which is a lot of fun for me are you gonna wear it i doubt it Maybe I'll frame it, hang it up in here. Yeah. Yep. 
I think you would you could pull it off. It's a pretty regular shirt. Well, I just don't want to wear it. I mean, it's like I'm not so into these sorts of things like, you know, having uh, items from, you know, quote unquote famous or significant people. But I have it now. Yeah. I wouldn't go out to eBay and, and, and try to buy it. I wouldn't bid on it. Mm-hmm. But I have it now. Mm-hmm. And it's just a regular Wrangler shirt. It'd be something if it were like George Strait's, you know, $500 custom-made shirt or something. And it's allegedly Billy Joe Schaefer. This Zach character, we don't know anything about Jacob. Him. Jacob, yes, we don't know nothing about him. He could be lying. He could be an obsessed fanatic fan of yours that just needed an excuse to talk to you who knows what he did to that shirt and then gave it to you as some sort of sick fantasy (laughs) we have no idea we don't have any idea there could even be a microchip in it to where he's just tracking us yeah i think we better keep that in a place that's not all eyes on us yeah i'll say that you're absolutely right yeah so you You gotta be on high alert i'm vigilant yeah well, there's that. So, uh, oh, actually, you know, Killer Bees, uh, who famously will say, there's that. There's that. I, I love that. I told him that I said, every time someone says there's that in our house, my wife says it in your accent. And he <laughs> said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never even knew him when he was saying that. You just told me that's what he said or something. Well, he had an old slogan. I guess he used to say, save up. Oh, okay. Then maybe I was around for the there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't remember Killer Bees doing the save up, but that was his very famous thing. So his next one became there's that. I love a good catchphrase. I wish I wish people as a culture would just accept it and not think it's hacky. Like, just bring it in. Bring in your catchphrase. Yeah, you know, some people hate we're having a good time. Yeah, I know they do. I mean... And the wave? They hate it. Well, you kind of are what people said you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you got a bit of a costume. Even though it is how you dress in real life, it is a bit of a Larry the Cable Guy 2023 kind of costume. Well, you know, I met, um, the other day I met the professional wrestler Seamus. Yeah. Uh, you don't know him because you don't know professional wrestling, but he's an Irish, big Irish guy. Yeah. We filmed a thing. I don't want to talk about it too much because it was with Nate Land, and I'm sure they'll want to talk about it. Uh, uh, and I know that we share some listeners. Um, but I met Seamus, and he's, you know, pretty, you know, very famous professional wrestler. And he told me I had uh, a Jack Burton look. And that is Kurt Russell from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You, and then he followed up with a Forrest Gump, also a Forrest Gump look. Yeah. Which I, I mean, a lot. the thing is, is everybody was all about branding forever, right? So you're the logical conclusion of what's been going on in the zeitgeist for the last decade or so. I yeah. mean, of course, you're going to go so far into your brand that it's borderline costume i'll keep going Uh, yeah i know you will and the thing is that they have to understand is it was a natural evolution for you and it's not a phony look what you're wearing right now is what you'll wear for the rest of the day yeah yeah if i don't get some sort of compost on my clothes yeah some kind of poop yeah yeah yeah, I had I had some family come into town, and I got this giant <laughs> compost pile. I mean, it is a box that me and my mom built. This my neighbor 
brought down this old barn wood and he goes he, he brought the trailer and he just said take however much you want and i took too much yeah and then i was like scrambling to build things with the wood i still have a few pieces You're still left. building um but me and my mom bought this built this giant box out of it my mom's very handy we love to get into stuff like that it's fun projects and so this box is huge so i've just been filling it up with dirt each season, when the, when my when I empty my pots, I pour the dirt in there. Um, I, I put grass clippings, I put hay, I put food scraps, all kinds of stuff in there. And the other day, I got in there and I really dug to the bottom, you know, trying to rotate it out because it doesn't get rotated very often. I'll rotate the top a little bit here and there, but I got I got deep. It's got cardboard and different kind of compostable things. Well, we've been calling it a compost, but we were missing a pretty crucial element to the box for about the first year and a half of its existence. Well, I do think it depends on what you're doing, right? With the heat, which is what you're talking about, we added a a bit of a tarp over the top to trap in the heat so that it will break down. But and we compost. just added it. Before that, it was just open right. dirt. But and it had scraps. but it had tons of worms in there. So it is getting broken down. I mean, that's what happens: is the worms eat the stuff and it breaks down. And so it, I just think it'll be a slower process that way. Yeah. But either way, I got down in there, started digging around in there, bare hands, and it smelled awful. Like it was like, oh man, and that smell haunted me all throughout the next day today the smell's gone but yesterday i did it two days ago yesterday i couldn't escape it i felt like it was just in my skin and and maybe it is but i could not get rid of it but my neighbor little neighbor update my neighbor who rides around on his little tractor out in the yard he has really come along with his yard this is what he suffers from he'll do really great stuff in the yard and then just won't pick up his tools that's what i'm learning about him like the landscaping he's done to his flower bed is admirable. I'm like, he put a fountain out there. It's running. It's got it's got a nice sound. When I'm out in the yard, I can hear a little trickle of water. Mm. Reminds me of standing next to a creek. It's lovely. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like what he's done. But he will, he just, when he gets done, those tools stay where they stay. Yep. But he had a lot of extra dirt. So he brought it over to my house on his tractor and we dumped it into the compost, so I was able to use that dirt to kind of cover up that real smelly dirt. Then I put some fresh grass clippings on the top and really push that smell back down in there, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we were smelling it yesterday, and I was smelling it where you'd been sitting. <laughs> yeah. And I said, listen, were you wearing these clothes yesterday? And you said no. I, I completely, said, well, there's a bit of a problem if you're I, running around with this smell on you. I completely changed clothes, yeah, too. that's disturbing. But I saunaed today, and uh, the sauna, I sweated big time, so maybe just anything that was in there is gone now. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah, well, it took your mama to say, next time you do something like that, you put you on some latex gloves. Yeah. And I feel like if I had said that to you, you'd be like, ah, it's fine. But when your mom said it to you, you're like, yeah, maybe you're right. Well, my mom, you know, I, I got a lot from my mom, and my mom is like me. So if my mom is like, this is dirty, I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I hear you. <laughs> yeah all right i'm like all right all right i hear you (laughs) so all right so where i've been though let's keep going with that i don't know how i even got into what i got dallas Dallas. 
So two sold out shows, and that was really great. It was really fun. I appreciated everyone coming. Um, and and people gave me things, and I think they're all listeners of the podcast, the people that gave me things. I meant to bring those cards up and read the cards, but sometimes, you know, people give me cards and they write me things, and I don't want to just read off their, you know, names and, and, and what they wrote me on the on the card. So I just want to say thank you. Some people brought some clothes for Daisy, some clothes for the new baby. Um, I got some different, I got some taco seasoning, all Texas stuff. I got uh, a meat rub, uh, Texas uh, a taco seasoning. I got some different sauces and hot sauces, all great stuff. Really good. Uh, I had a friend and country musician, Jared Morris, come and he wanted me to do his podcast while I was there. And I wanted to do it, but I was like, I just don't have a, a, a lot of way to get anywhere. So he brought his whole crew down and they they rented a room and set up the room for the podcast and we sat in there and recorded a podcast. And it was really great. I had a lot of fun talking to him and then and all his buddies. And then they came to the show and then that night we all hung out and um you know, we talked a lot. We had a lot of Bible talk. Really great. Oh yeah, you were telling me you were really um witnessing a lot on on this trip well i don't know if i was so much as i was just having conversation with other christian people well even that seems like a lot to me and it was great i mean i hung out with those guys and talked to them for a while about the bible and about various things um and it was really great and then uh tyler elliott uh featured for me who's featured for me before and uh so we got to hang and then i left i had a free day I had to drive up to uh, Oklahoma, to uh, Grant, Oklahoma, to do a show with Larry the Cable Guy. So I drove up to, um, I had a guy who had messaged me, who had emailed me before from the podcast, uh, from this podcast that you're listening to right now about laws and stuff like that. And me and him went back and forth for a while uh, on things, seeming like an argument. So much so that I had to go, hey, I just want you to know I'm not upset with you. I'm enjoying this conversation. Because that's what I think is happening a lot of times is people think I'm mad at them. I just say, listen, I'm not mad at you, but I am going to defend my position. So anyway, we went back and forth and back and forth. and uh, But he came to my show in Addison. Him and his wife came. And his wife goes, hey, we're the so-and-sos. And... And I just was not sure where I was making this connection from. So I said to him, I said, send me the picture. So when he emailed me the picture, I saw that it was, I was like, oh, okay, this is the guy that I had had all those conversations with. So I asked him if he lived in the area, would he want to get lunch with me the next day? So he said, yes. So he was on my way where I needed to go. I drove up there. Uh, He lived in a town where Kyler Murray, the NFL player, uh, played high school football. And um, we had lunch together and talked. And um, he ordered a BLT. He ordered a BLT, a bacon bacon sandwich, uh, which I thought was hilarious. I actually I loved it. I mean, I don't. I wish he didn't eat bacon, but I love. He's not standing down. I love that. Yeah. So good for him. And uh, but we had a great time. We had a great lunch. Really fun. We talked. uh, Talked a lot. And he actually did tell me that based on our conversations, he had been 
you know, really starting to question whether he should be eating pork or not. And I always tell people, you can pull up all the verses you want, but if you just look at what I'm saying with, with a fresh eyes, you'll be like, well, this is pretty interesting. And that's all I'm saying. And, uh, but we had a great time. It was really good. So that's what I'm saying. Even disagreeing, like we're of the same religion, even if we disagree, um, and or even if we're not the same religion, we can still have conversations about things and be friends. So much is lost in email and so much is lost in one-sided conversations like a podcast. Uh, so then I went on up to Oklahoma, had a free day. It was really nice. I got up to this Choctaw Casino in Grant, Oklahoma, and you know, I've done a couple of Choctaw Casinos. I think the gig I'm doing on Friday is sponsored by Choctaw Casino. So um, they're doing great for me. They're giving me lots of money, these casinos. But they are sad places. I'll tell you that. I mean, gosh. I showed up there and I was like, let's go walk around the casino a little bit. And I'm seeing, I saw a guy who looked, now this guy could be secretly rich. I don't know what's going on in his finances. But he did not look like a wealthy man. And I saw him stick $100 in the slot machine. And I just thought, oh, dang. Is there nobody in your life that could use $100? Um, I just hate to see it. I hate seeing, I hate gambling. And uh, I hate seeing people do it. Now, it's like sometimes it's like there's a thing about Vegas or whatever. Like you're partying with your buddies and you're like, let's go do it. And it's like, that's fun. But when you're old and doing it and I feel like you're spending your retirement, I hate to see it. But, you know, who knows? Maybe they got family that won't talk to them and they're like, I need some sort of entertainment. Yeah. And I need to spite them by wasting all my money so they don't get any of it when I pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true, too. We know people that might be like that. Yeah, I mean, we got some neighbors that like to gamble a lot, and they like to do that sort of stuff. And they will, you know, go on trips to do it. I mean, that's yeah. fun. That's kind of how they get out of the house, I think. Yeah, so it's like, you know, what do I know? I mean, I, I hate it, but they seem to love it. And I asked her one day, I said, do you make enough money, you know, to kind of fund your trip? She goes, oh, no. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, they're not even... They're not even faking it. They're just trying to not lose money. No, yeah. I think she told me she has like a gambling fund oh, where yeah. this is the money they can lose on gambling. Oh, there's a joke. Larry, Cap Larry the Cable Guy told me this joke. Uh, he said, uh, this is a street joke. And he said, uh, there was this guy and he, he pulled up, he had this old station wagon. He pulled up in Vegas to like the Tropicana and he had... And he goes to the bellhop there and he goes, he goes, ah, oh, just his, his kids are in the car. They're all dirty. They got snot coming out of their nose, looking sick and dirty. And the guy goes, the dad goes to the bellhop and he goes, he goes, oh, I just need, I need $20, man. If you could just help me out with $20, I just need to get a hotel room. $20 may be too low. This may be an old joke. <laughs> I just need $20. I'm just trying to get a hotel room. I just need to get some food for my kids. I need to get my kids a shower, stuff like that. So I just need $20 if you got it. And the bell hop is like, he's like, he's like, man, I'd love to give you that money. He goes, but I know the moment I give you that $20, you're just going to go into this casino and you're just going to waste it in there. And the guy goes, oh, no, I promise, I promise. He goes, I got gambling money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so that was fun. We heard another good joke from your cousin. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this is not even a joke. This is a real thing. I may make this a joke one day. 
if you listen to my that pod, my podcast, I feel like my next hour that I write is going to be ruined for you because it's going to be all jokes <laughs> I try to do on here. Um, my cousin called me. I don't talk to her very often, but she called me out of the blue yesterday, and she goes, I just got to tell you this thing that happened. She said, my daughter, her daughter's 13. She said, my daughter has really gotten into golf lately, which I didn't have time to tell her how much I hated that that's happening. But no, she said, my daughter's really getting into golf. So I took her to the mall. I wanted to take her to one of these sports stores, like a Hibbit Sports, to buy her some golfing clothes. And she said, we got in there and they didn't have anything. We couldn't find anything for her. And so as they're leaving, she says to her daughter, she goes, it's, all, it's okay. We'll just wait till we get home and we'll look at dicks online. <laughs> <laughs> and if you understand that dicks is a sporting goods store, um, that's hilarious. Yeah. And if you live in America, you yeah. get it. And yeah, what are, we have so many awful names of stores. Uh, but I just thought that was so funny. It I mean, funny. my cousin is such a good Christian uh, girl, and she had no idea what she said, but it really embarrassed her daughter. Yeah. And it really made my mom laugh. Yeah, it made me laugh, too. And hopefully it made some of you good folks listen. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry if your kids were listening while you were. Yeah, should have done a little trigger warning. We should have. Uh, but hey, if they're riding around with you in a parking lot and you're riding by dicks, I mean, everybody's seeing them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, uh, so, um, so I went up to Larry Oklahoma, walking around there, and uh, I just go to sleep that night. And the next day, I go, Larry the Cable Guy's like, you want to meet me for coffee? So I meet him down there. Meet for, we meet for coffee. We're hanging out for a second. And he goes, my manager's going to ride me to the golf course. He had invited me to golf with him. But I don't golf, and I, I just refuse. That's that's a, a line I don't cross. I refuse to golf. I refuse to golf. Yeah, I mean, you're still holding on to your poverty. Yes, and so um, I ride down there with him and his manager, and we're just talking, we're laughing. It's a good time. It's about a thirty minute ride. We had to go back down to Paris, Texas. For the golfing. And I said, oh, I wanted to go to Paris anyway. I wanted to look at this Eiffel Tower down here. So we go drop off. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Go on. All right. So we go down. We drop off Larry the Cable Guy at the, uh, that's not his name, but I'm, I'm, I just, I refuse to call him anything but Larry the Cable Guy. Um, so we go um, and drop him off. And then his manager's like, well, let's go. His manager's 68 years old. He goes, is his touring manager? He goes, well, he lives in Tennessee somewhere uh, around me. And he goes, and I, so I liked the guy. Immediately, I was like, oh, I like this guy. He goes, all right, well, my dad's like 75. This guy's not far above my dad's, far below my dad's age. So he's like, well, let's go see if we can find this Eiffel Tower. And I didn't, because I had just planned, I rented a car. I just planned to go back down on my own later. But he's like, he was just down for it. So we went, we went by, we found it. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm glad I found it, but pretty disappointing. Yeah. There's not yeah. much to it. Shocking, though. Shocking that that would be the assessment. I didn't expect it to be as big as the Eiffel Tower, but I did expect it to be a bit bigger than it was. Uh-huh. It's a pretty small Eiffel Tower with a little cowboy hat on top of it. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, and then a lot of... So tacky. A lot of plane debris in the sky behind it. It was a rough day for a pick. But, yeah. uh, I, um... 
So then I went back to the hotel, ate lunch at a Chili's in the casino with with the, with Larry the Cable Guy's manager. We had a good time, All and right. then and then later that night was showtime, and um, the show was packed, was a huge show, and I did not like my set. Mm. I was um, I mean it was fine. I didn't bomb, but I didn't like it. It was an audience of people. Now, there were people there for me, but not many. And <laughs> uh, these were people that wanted to see Larry the Cable Guy. It's like opening for James Gregory, I think, at this point. Like when I used to open for James Gregory, it's like the audiences are not even comedy fans necessarily. They're fans of that particular person, which is really what I want in an audience eventually. But it's like right now, as a, you know, uh, at the level I'm at, it's nice to have a comedy audience, especially if they don't know you, because then they're along for the ride. But it was like, I, th- I don't think this audience was ever along for the ride with me. Mm-hmm. But I did get them. I mean, I got big laughs, and it was fine. I'm, it was probably worse than I have it worked up in my head. But it's also, again, I only get so much time, so I don't feel like I got a lot of time to be messing around with the audience. Um so, and then Larry the Cable Guy goes up, he crushes, he's got some very funny stuff. He's still very funny. Um, and then after the show, me and him hung out. We, uh, uh, well, this will be a revelation to my wife here, but uh, we had some cigars hmm. and uh, we hung out to uh, hmm. about 1.30 in the morning out by the pool in the rain in a cabana. Doing nicotine. Doing nicotine. Hmm. And, uh, well, um all right, I'll tell you this, though. We uh, This is how good I am with nicotine and how bad he is with nicotine, all right? I mean, he was dipping all day. And then we had a cigar, and then we went back, and he bought um, a ham sandwich. And we, oh, me and Larry the Cable Guy had a little Bible talk, too. And I will tell you this, Larry the Cable Guy is not on board with not eating pork. I'll tell you that. <laughs> wow. He was ready to defend that. He was not on board with that. What was his what was his first comeback? Well, it's really the same as everybody else's, which is, you know, the stuff about uh Paul saying don't don't worry a man about the meat he's eating or whatever and yeah. uh and then, you know, Jesus declaring all foods clean. Yeah. You know, all the same things. Did you feel a little nervous pitching it to him? I didn't. Uh because at that point I felt like we had already become you buddies. Know, buddies. Yeah. But I didn't want to like go too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wasn't just what's his name? Ja- Jacob. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, also, we're sitting there right next to each other. This is the first time we've ever worked together. Okay. But I did defend my position on it. But I'm like, that's why this podcast is good, right? Because in a lot of ways, it's like, it allows me to air out all the verses, right? To go, these are, these are the reasons why I feel this way. And then it, and, and then if somebody doesn't want to listen, they can just hit like, you know, like that skip 30 seconds button mm-hmm. on there and move right along. Uh, but... Um, uh, so I didn't want, you know, I didn't feel like Larry the Cable Guy really wanted me to start laying out a lot of verses, but we had a great talk and he seems to be a good Christian man. We had a great talk. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then this is what I want to say though. And then when we left get from the cigar, he goes to the thing, he buys a ham sandwich and a banana pudding 
And then we go up and our rooms are next to each other. And he goes, well, you can hang out for a bit if you want. So we went into his room. He had a suite. We weren't sitting on the edge of his bed or anything. And, uh, <laughs> and he had a living room in there. And, um, he eats, he eats the ham sandwich, eats the banana pudding and then puts a dip in. So that's a lot of nicotine. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know much about dip. And I don't really want to know. Well, dip is tobacco that... Well, I know what it is. ...is mixed with some sort of flavoring, and you put that in your lip, and then it will, you know, cut into your gums and give you nicotine that way. It seems to me that that that, that people dip and do it with the frequency of a cigarette. Yes. Yeah. My dad always did chewing tobacco, and that might actually have been what Larry did. I don't remember, but... Um, Chewing tobacco is, is, is where you actually, it doesn't cut you up that way. You put it leaves in your mouth Ew. and you chew on it. Yeah. And my dad always said he liked that. He said he, it felt safer to him because with dip, it just sits in your one particular part of your gum. Whereas, uh, you know, dip or chewing tobacco, you move around the whole I time. I reckon dip and chewing tobacco, that's just so American because I don't know nobody growing up that did that. And if they did, it was like a joke that they did like one time at Halloween. But like you tell me, you were dipping and people around you were dipping, your dad's dipping. It's like irony to the next level down here. We used to dip all the time. I love dipping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love dipping. Who knows what you're doing on the road? You could be dipping for all I know. Well, I'm not dipping. Your secret cigars. Well, cigars, the reason I like cigars is even at the the rate that I do them sometimes, which would be considered too much, um, it's nothing compared to how many cigarettes I would smoke or how much dip I would do. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I smoked, I mean, it was pack a day easy. When I dipped, it was easy, easily a can a day. Mm. I mean, and, you know, especially with drinking, I mean, I say this all the time, and I do not. I do not encourage people to drink and drive. I think drinking and driving is bad. But you know, I'm just telling you what I did, and how much I enjoyed it. But in the, it is true though. I did enjoy it, and I, and I'm not saying it's good, and I never should have done it. But uh, having a bit of a beer buzz, and it, when it's still daylight out, and I lived on Folly Beach for a while. So I would get in my car. Fowler Beach is about 15 minutes from downtown Charleston. So I would leave this beautiful city. I'd have a little bit of a beer buzz. I'd put a dip in or I'd light a cigarette. I'd roll the windows down in my car. And I would leave beautiful downtown Charleston. I would drive over the James Island Connector Bridge. When it goes over the water, to the left of you is the harbor, and you have a view of downtown Charleston. And then you roll into this real marshy-like area with beautiful greenery. And then you take a left. You have to pass through kind of the congestion of James Island. And then once you get almost to Folly Beach... You pass, but you drive over these long marsh areas where it's too watery to build anything. So for about a mile on either side of you is just marsh. And then a lot of times, depending on how late I'd be getting home, the sun would be setting and it would just be this nice orange over the horizon. And I'd have a nice buzz listening to some classic rock, got a nicotine buzz working. Maybe I pull into Folly Beach and... 
I stop off at that BP and get myself a 18 pack. And then I would just cruise on to the house, stumble in, whip myself up something on the stove and sit out on my screened in porch or walk down to the beach and have a few more beers and another dip. You're a patriot. I mean, it was beautiful. Mm. And that's America to me. Yeah. That that right there, that's what America is. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was. I mean, yeah. this was 2005, uh, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was a different country for sure. There was no, there was internet, but it was not like what we have today. I didn't have a smartphone. I had a cell phone, but not a smartphone. Uh, I probably had a computer with internet, but you had to log in. You know, you didn't just pull it out of your pocket. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the Lord for protecting you and keeping you alive and keeping everybody else on the road around you alive well, at absolutely. this dangerous time of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, and I laugh about it and I joke about it and people will always say stuff like, oh, if you had a family member or you had a friend killed, you wouldn't be thinking it's so funny. And it's like, I do have a lot of friends that were killed in drinking and driving accidents. I have family members that were. It's like... That's never funny. Mm-hmm. And and they say, oh, you know, and, and but it's like my friends uh, that died drinking and driving, like they would be the ones drinking. Uh, they would have loved those jokes too, you know, up until, you know, that time. And it's sad. I'm not justifying anything. I'm mm-hmm. saying it's bad to do it, mm-hmm. but I did it. I don't do it anymore. 11 years sober, folks. Yeah, 11 years sober. I don't, I don't mess around with it. And you better believe it terrifies me to think if he ever picks up a drop of liquor. You better believe I'm terrified if he ever starts drinking again. We got a family. Yeah, no, it would not be good. But I still have dreams about drinking. I still have dreams that I'm secretly drinking. I have dreams that I'm doing that. Mm. I have dreams that I'm secretly smoking cigarettes. I have dreams about cigarettes. Yeah. I have I have dreams that I I smoke cigarettes sometimes, but I don't tell anyone, mm-hmm. and it's not true. I you know I smoked a CBD cigarette the other day, which had a filter on it and everything, but it was you know I, I read the package. Somebody gave it to me, but I read the package and I made sure no tobacco, no nicotine, but it was just it's just CBD, but it it hit like a cigarette, and it was really great. Well, you had plenty of opportunity to smoke cigarettes because when since we've been together, I've I've smoked cigarettes, and you could have been smoking with me this whole time. Yeah, I could, you know, but I I'm also you know 40 years old. I can buy a pack anytime I want. Well, I know that, but I mean the social pressure of your girlfriend and wife yeah. smoking a cigarette might could have lured you well, back in. You know, you kept me from smoking one time. We were in Chicago together, staying at my friend Miles' house. Oh yeah, and I could not find a cigar. And I was jonesing. And you had some cigarettes or little cigarellos or something. And I was going to smoke one. I was going to bum one from you. And you said, don't do it. I'll tell you this much, Dusty. I've had a lot of, not a lot. I've, I've had, actually haven't had a lot. I've, I've had some boyfriends in my past before you. And I smoked. Thanks around. for really whittling that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I know you appreciate it. And, um, you know, every time I was with, you know, I'm thinking of, Two or three guys at this point, main boyfriends. No, just, just, yeah. Two guys, two guys, yeah, two guess. guys, two guys in fifteen years. Okay. Um, you know they would always be on me about smoking cigarettes. Oh my god, because they didn't wouldn't smoke and they just like 
they just tell me that they, they just be always annoying me telling me I need to quit. And then I got with you and you're like, have a cigarette, relax. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, like true, the opposite of the smoking police. You're like, you know, anytime I get a little antsy, you're like, just have a cigarette, chill yeah. out. And then I would like buy a pack, smoke three, and then flush the other ones down the toilet. And you'd get so mad at me for wasting the cigarettes. And You're the funniest smoker I've ever seen. I would go out to the ashtray and it would be like 20 half smoked cigarettes out there. Yeah, but I mean, then I'd be smoking them every 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way, really. I mean, I used to smoke it down to the filter. I mean, I was... Oh, it was too intense. Yeah. But I would also need to... I couldn't walk and smoke. I couldn't drive and smoke. I just had to sit and smoke. That's how I wanted to smoke. And I needed to have some kind of fizzy drink. Yeah. I mean, driving... Well, I'm that way with cigars, but driving and smoking cigarettes was... Mm-mm. My favorite thing. No, because it gets all up in the car and the wind blows it back on Yeah, but you. I was drinking too, and it's like, you just not, are not thinking. It's like, once You're you just. You're thinking about the sunset. Once you just let enough ashes go in the car, you let it go. Mm. You just don't, you don't worry with it anymore. That's beautiful. I mean, I'd have a car full of dudes. Uh, we wouldn't usually drink in the car. I was against that, like having an open container in the car, because that's illegal, and that's how I got arrested. But we would be, you know, pile up in a car and go to a, go to a bar. But I wasn't playing around about it. It was safety first, except for the fact that I was drinking. I mean, except for all the illegal aspects, the intrinsic illegality. Of right. But once we got in the car, I wasn't playing around. Yeah. I was like, sit down, be quiet. Yeah, don't speak to me. I'm trying to concentrate. I've got doubles going on <laughs> in my vision. Yeah. Um. I also think that, and I, again, I'm not trying to justify any kind of drinking and driving, but I do think it's different in a city versus in the country. And I said this to somebody the other day, like if you're off in the country and you're drinking and driving, you have long roads ahead of you that are not very well lit and probably not a lot of other activity, which could lead you to get sleepy mm-hmm. and, and pass out. Now, in Charleston, our whole thing was you had West Ashley, James Island, and downtown. And if you stayed amongst those three communities, you were going to be fine. Every road was, you know, as long as you stayed on the main roads, they're well lit. There's four lanes. And, and you're not that far from any kind of business. Well, you're also going to be paying attention to slower speeds in the city. Yes. If you're on city streets, you're not going as fast. In the country, yeah, you could just blitz down roads because you're thinking, well, no one's ever on these roads. Yes. And there is, um, you know, there was a Huddle House and a Taco Bell on James Island on my way home. So it was like for a long time. I lived on James Island for years. And so it would be like, you know, you're just trying to get home uh, to the, you're just trying to make it to the Huddle House so you could, you know, eat some food. Or the Taco Bell, eat some food just so you could, you know, soak up some of that alcohol, as they always said. Mm. I got pulled over one time in the parking lot of my apartment complex, in the driveway of my apartment complex. I was pretty drunk. And I think the cop knew how close I was to home. And I think he was like, he can make it. Because I think if you get pulled over drunk on the road and a cop lets you go and then you... You know, you kill someone, that's on them now. But I think he was like, this guy can do it. Well, that's a compassionate cop, though, that just felt like giving you a break because sometimes they're just not in that mood. No, I know. And they're looking to lock you up. A lot of blessings. 
Yeah. A lot of blessings. Mm -hmm. So, so, but the Larry the Cable Guy weekend was really fun. We, we had a, uh, or the one show, one show was really fun though, but I got to hang with him a little bit. I like him a lot. Uh, just a nice guy, you know, for people that are a fan. I mean, it's like, I've now worked with, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry, the cable guy and Bill Engvall to some degree and Ron White to some degree. And based on what I've gathered is they're all exactly how you would expect them to be. I didn't get to hang with Ron White much, and I understand he's quit drinking now. But what I gathered from him was he was drinking, he was partying. Uh, Bill Engvall was a very normal dude. Uh, we didn't do stand-up together. We did uh, Nashville squares together. Um, and then Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy are the most normal, nice dudes they're exactly what you would want them to be. Does he wear the overalls on stage still? He doesn't really wear overalls. It's a sleeveless shirt he wears. Oh, he yeah. cuts Sorry. off the sleeves. I don't know why I was thinking overalls. And he may wear overalls somewhere. Does he wear the sleeveless shirt? Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, he just has fun doing comedy. I, he, at this point, he just does it on his own schedule. He's not pushing anymore. He said he was the first ever comic to do a stadium. He did a college stadium. Wow. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so pretty amazing. He said he did it for Comedy Central and said later Kevin Hart did a stadium and Comedy Central was branding it as first ever comic to do a stadium. And Larry the Cable Guy was like, I was the first ever comic to do a stadium and you filmed it. <laughs> and then they, so they changed it to first ever comic to do a professional football stadium. Because okay. Larry the Cable Guy did a college one. All right. Anyway, it was great. Uh, and then I got back and my family was in town. My mom was in town, my sister, my nephew, uh, my mom and my sister have not really hung out like that in a long time together. And so the three of us got to hang with Hannah and Daisy, uh, for a couple of days. And then my sister and nephew left. And then, uh, my mom stayed for a few more days and it was just really great. Um, I bought some more cattle panels. I think they are, I think they're 16 foot cattle panels, uh, very long. And I have a four foot truck bed, I think. And so I go to Tractor Supply to buy three of these cattle panels. And the guy, I, I went before and I folded them up a particular way in the back and then strapped them down. And the guy that worked at Tractor Supply was like, everybody does it like this. And the way he had it done, those things were like, we had it folded, but I, it was, you know, it was seven foot up in the sky. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they're 16 foot, give it give it a foot or two uh, for the bend. But, I mean, it was six, seven foot high in the sky off the back of the truck. And I had them strapped in. The guy wasn't even going to use straps. He was like, it's fine, man. It ain't going nowhere. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust that. This is steel. I don't want it to pop out and drag itself all across the back glass of my truck and scratch everything up. So I strapped it down, and then I, I dropped Hannah off at the grocery store, then went and bought the cattle panels, and then I go back to pick up Hannah. And when we turned in the grocery store, I thought they about tipped over. So we had to readjust them back there, and it's wild. I mean, I'm going down the road, and these things are laid flat when, in the, when they're in the store, and I believe they're steel. And then you bend them, and then I got my hazards on. I'm going down the road, going slow. People would get right behind me. I'm like, if this thing pops... I mean, you're in danger. Yeah. But they it, didn't. It was a rattling. 
And then people are riding you all the way home. What is with that people driving behind someone that clearly has a wide load or they're carrying lots of stuff in their truck bed and they just ride them? Like just give them some space or pass. Why do you have to go so close to somebody that's a, a hazard for you? I know. But we got home, and so my garden is expanding. Uh, it's starting to get warm here, so garden stuff is going going great. I mean, the the um, I always do this. I think April is the month to plant. So in March, I start plant. I start growing my seeds inside, and then I run out of room because the plants start to get big. So I run out of room, and then I'm like, by the time it's about time, I'm like, well, I need to just throw those plants away. And I started new seeds. So I'm on my second thing of seeds. I still have the other plants. We'll see how they go. But I got tomatoes, cucumbers, um, peppers. That's always my big things I'm trying to grow. We got a lot of wildflowers out. We got a lot of clover. I got a lot of crimson red clover. um, And the honeybees love it. So I got a lot of bees out there. I'm really into that. We got strawberries. We got grapes. That's why we wanted to get the other cattle panel because I needed something for the grapes to run up on. But yeah, we got a big grape vine. It's got a lot of little tiny grapes on it. So I'm really hoping that develops. Of course, we've got all this garlic we need to harvest. We got garlic that won't be ready until the summertime to harvest, but it's coming. We got a ton of garlic. I mean, I'm getting into it. I got basil growing. I got oregano taking over. Thyme. Thyme. Uh, rosemary. Uh, I got some lavender from seed that I grew. I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of luck with lavender. I'm afraid to move it because I'm afraid I'll kill it. Um, but it's like we got it going on out there. I mean, the garden is getting ready to go. It's glowing. It's yeah. glowing. I got cabbage. I got lettuce. I got spinach, kale. I got a beautiful kale plant that lasted all winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't wait. We got blackberries. I got mulein leaf, which is really what I want to, I've been wanting to grow. Mulein is supposed to be a great plant for, uh, supposed to attract bees, which I, I'm a real bee lover. I feel like that there's a real lack of bees these days. So I'm, I'm all about attracting the bees. I got little bee houses out there where they've got in the little tubes and done whatever they do in it's there. It's a beautiful sanctuary. I mean, we've got some baby birds nesting on our porch, and yes. we've also got some baby bunnies yeah. living under our porch. Yeah. So we got all of the garden wrapped up so the bunnies can't get to it. But we got rabbits all out in the backyard. We got birds all over the We got birds in the birdhouses. We got birds in, a, in, a, in the greenhouse that I have on my porch. We have a bird nest in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just it's coming along. Our flowers are looking great. I mean, if 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 the HOA were doing yard of the month, we should win because our just because of our mailbox display. I mean, we got beautiful flowers at the mailbox and strawberries. Yeah. So. And I'm watering it. Yeah, Hannah's watering it. I mean, it's just coming along. It looks so good. We just built another garden box yesterday for some flowers. What did you get? Lilies. Lilies and daisies and daisies. Yeah. Daisy's loving it. She gets out there. She runs around. She loves seeing the bunnies. Yeah. I mean, we're pumped about it. Um, So that's where I've been. Where I'm going. This weekend, I'm going to Conway, Arkansas. Tomorrow. I'm going to put this out. As soon as we get done recording it, I'm going to put this out. So it'll be out late on Thursday. But on Friday, I'll be in Conway, Arkansas at what's called the Toad Suck Festival. Something like that. I don't understand it. I don't know the name. Um... But I did go online, and a lot of people attending the Toad Suck Days Festival 
are not familiar with me or any of the other comics, and they were complaining about the lineup. Uh, so, okay. so I did see that. All right. Uh, but the shows are free, I think. It's one show. I'm just doing one show. Um, and I'm excited about it. I hope it goes well. And then um, f- Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to Springfield, Missouri to the Blue Room Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was wondering if I'd even get to go this year. I've been going every year since about 2016. Um, and I was wondering if I'd even get to go this year. But I am going to get to go. They were so kind as to work around my Friday schedule so that I could do Saturday and Sunday there before shows. And then I'm coming home. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, I'm doing shows at Zany's. And this is all a ramp up for filming the special that will take place in Knoxville. Now, the shows are very close. Both shows are very close to being sold out. I want them to be sold out. I'm pushing for the sellout. Uh, but if they don't sell out, to me, at this point, it really doesn't matter. I want them to just for the sake of being like they sold out. But the fact that I've even sold this many tickets to two theater shows in Knoxville, I'm already happy with the turnout. I'm already so happy with it. I'm not so greedy as to be like, it must sell out. Uh, you just want it to sell out so that it looks good. But it's we've already sold so many tickets. And I think it seats a little over 800 people and... We're most of the way there, um, and uh, that will be May 13th. So that get was your tickets. at the Bijou Theater in Knoxville. So if you want to go, do get tickets. Get them now. It's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for a lot of reasons. One, I'm very happy to have a special out there. I'm very happy to have an hour that I'm able to do myself and I'm able to control myself. I've never filmed anything where I have the creative control. Now, I don't want to do anything wild with it. I don't think I'm trying to uh, do anything weird. Now, as I do more specials down the road, I may want to do some weird things with some sketches and stuff. But this one, I just want it to be a good special done the way I want it to do in front of an audience of, you know, I, I was like, I was down for Southern or Midwestern audiences, because that's who I perform for the most of the time in my career. That's where I feel like I do the best. And every time I film something, it has to be done in LA or New York City. Yeah. You want to perform in front of people that have dipped before. Exactly. I got a lot of jokes about cigarettes and dip. Now. There you go. So yep. I need that. So Ain't nothing um, wrong with that. So, and that's it. I mean, I, um, I did want to try to get, just check one email. If I, if I, I don't know if I can find it, but if I can't, I'll just summarize what was being said. Um, someone also sent me a message to you about potty training. Oh yes, they did. Do you remember where that is? I have it. Yeah. I do have it. Daddy finger, daddy finger, where are you? What what is that? That's the songs we sing with Daisy. Okay. All right. Uh, So I just want to read a piece of this email. And the reason I want to read this is because I think, all right, here we go. I'll just read it and then I'll say, first, I want to say how much I enjoy your podcast and comedy. I'm a weekly listener to Nate Land and your personal podcast. I really enjoy your Bible talk. I just started my personal journey to seek a relationship with the Lord, and your talks on the Bible bring me great comfort. They are very informative as well. I love hearing your interpretations and practices of faith. I'm a bit confused on your take on pork being unclean. 
I understand God's rules are clearly stated in the Old Testament, but didn't Jesus change the game a bit? And he uses uh, Mark 7, 18 through 19. And you can read that on your own if you'd like. Mark 7, Mark 7 18 through 19. Isn't this Jesus declaring all food clean? Interested in hearing your take on this? We're having a good time. And the reason that I want to read this, not to go over this again, because me and this guy emailed back and forth for a long time. And um, But what I wanted to say was, and I said this to him because of this line right here. I just started my personal join, journey to seek a relationship with the Lord and your talks on Bible bring me great comfort. I told him, I, I, you know, I defended my position as always, and I showed him through putting different context clues together how I come to the determination that I come to. But I also said, you know, uh, I've been a Christian my whole life, basically. I don't even remember when I became a Christian, but I do remember when I changed courses and got on a new path with Christianity. But I just said to him, you know, if you're new in this journey, don't bog yourself down with some of the stuff I'm talking about. And I and I, the reason I like to say that is because I would say that to anybody. If you're just coming into Christianity and you're just learning the joy of the Lord, don't bog yourself down with a lot of these rules that I'm talking about right now. I think they come later. I think they're, they are important. I think you should do them. But mainly when I talk about this stuff, I'm mainly speaking to... People that have been Christians a long time, where I'm just trying to challenge people to reach a new level with their Christianity and to be more disciplined about what they're doing and 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 to really examine uh, their Bible. Because when people ask me these sorts of questions, it forces me to dig into my Bible and find and prove why I believe what I believe. And if you don't switch to what I believe in, that's fine. What You do you. But I'm saying I can show you why I believe what I believe, and I can defend it. And I want other people to be able to do that too. But if you're new to it, you know, just enjoy this journey. Pray, read, and fast. That's what Jesus says to do. Pray, read, fast. That's how you receive the instruction. I'm not the teacher. Jesus is the teacher. All right, and you have the other one? Do you want me to share this? Yeah. One? So I just want to say I appreciate that email. I've had several. I've had so many emails with people recently. Well, do you want to share some of those? Because this is kind of a not um, about the Bible. No, no. I think that's all I really want to share. I, I did so much Bible stuff last week that I didn't want to – I don't want to bog people down with it again. Mm-hmm. I appreciate people listening. But I, I just um, I just want to share that because I think that's important to note. That I do think uh, it is important to follow the law. I think it's very important. But if you're new to Christianity, I think it's important to be on your own journey. I, I, I'm thankful that you listen to me, and, and I hope that you do stop eating pork. But I don't want you to get so overwhelmed, in a sense, with these laws that you go, all right, this is too much. I don't want to do this. Uh, it's a natural progression that if you're praying, reading, fasting. Now, it's good to have people in your life that are telling you these things because you can, um, you know, you can see a different perspective and you can, you know, because it's easy. It's very easy to get something from the other perspective. All you have to do is Google, can Christians eat pork? And you're going to get a million articles that tell you how it's okay to eat pork, but you're not going to hear many people saying what I'm saying. And so that's why I'm saying it because I do think it's important. 
you need to hear both sides and understand why you believe what you believe. Yeah, and you could just be planting a seed, you know. It's even just like um, witnessing to people, and they may remain an atheist for another 20 years, but they'll always, or I think, for example, with me, you know, I had different Christians talking to me about the Lord at different times in my life, and I just didn't, you know, didn't integrate it and become a Christian at that time. But when I did eventually become a Christian, I remembered those people, and I remembered what they did, and I think that that's all a part of, your journey and your walk with God is like you're, you're able to take these things on at different times in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think. I mean, it is a journey and you're just planting those seeds. I don't want you to get bogged down with this stuff. If you're new to it, just enjoy, uh, you know, because there is something to being saved and, 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 and feeling secure now in, in your journey and where you're going when you die. There's a joy in it. There's a happiness. But it inevitably that, I, I wouldn't say it wears off, but I mean, once you're, you know, everything is fleeting in the sense that, you know, a joy you feel today about something you may not feel tomorrow and you'll want to dive deeper. And then when that time comes, you know, dive deeper. Know there is more. Know that, you know, you can read a chapter of the Bible today and then come back and read it, you know, a month later, and it give you a completely different um, feeling. And I also, or, or, or seem like it has new meaning to you. I also wanted to read this verse. I did see this verse recently that I, uh, that I really liked. Uh, this is Psalm 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even unto death. And I just thought that was great because, you know, I've talked about in the past about how like I'm, I don't really set goals and I don't have these things because I just feel like God is guiding my life. I want to work hard. I want to do the right things, but I just feel like life naturally progresses into the next thing. If you're praying and you're talking to God, it just naturally goes into the next thing. Now, that doesn't mean don't plan ahead, don't have an idea of what you want to do, don't work for things. But I think sometimes with goals, we get so wrapped up in what we want to do that even if you reach a certain place and you're like, oh, actually what I, my goal is, is, is no longer really what I want, I feel like I should go down this other path. But I'm so goal-oriented that I must hit this goal that you lose out on, on, you know, on what you were going to get. On the true adventure of life. Exactly. All right. So read your thing. All right. So this is an email that someone sent Dusty to, I guess, both of us as parents. Just a little encouragement for Hannah about potty training. It touched my heart to hear you say you're failing as a mom. Please don't be so hard on yourself. My first daughter was three before she was finally trained. She wouldn't have it. She felt like a, I felt like a failure too, especially when daughter two came along, changing a newborn made changing a three-year-old feel like a diapering a third grader. But then I realized it was the other people putting pressure on me. Nobody ever asks you during a job interview, so at what age were you potty trained? It doesn't affect your ACT score. They won't ask you when you apply for a loan. I'm not saying don't try. I'm saying don't be so hard on yourself and don't measure your success with someone else's yardstick. Love the show. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, that that is exactly right because we've read, when I say we, I mean Hannah, have read lots of different books and everybody always has their own perspective and, and it's okay, but... Um, you know. Well, I appreciate the encouragement. And um, as Dusty was saying, we had family in town, Dusty's mom and Dusty's sister, and they all have grown children now. And, um, you know, they witnessed me in the middle of potty training this week with Daisy. And they said, they both said to me separately, I don't even remember potty training any of my kids. And I think that is the mind's way to protect yourself from, for, to forget trauma when you have it. Yeah. So I hope that I one day forget this time too. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I took Daisy to the cabin on, uh, I don't know, one day this week. I wanted to give Hannah a free day. My mom was here and we wanted to go out and plant some seeds. So we went out to the cabin. I got a little plot plowed up. I need to have it plowed more. The guy didn't plow it enough, but he's going to come back and plow it up some more. Anyway, uh, so we, it's, it's details you don't need, yeah. but I, I just wanted people to know that I wanted to plant some corn out there, but I wasn't able to do it because he really only plowed it one time. So it was not, you're telling a story like me right now though. Yeah, I know. But I, uh, so I wanted to give Hannah a free day. You know, Hannah's not had a free day. I don't think since we've had a baby. So I took Daisy out there and Daisy just got wild with me. I think she peed her pants three times. <laughs> She pooped her pants one time, and and I just could not. She was like, "Ah, oh, this is a dad. He ain't gonna do it." <laughs> she wasn't right. She was right. And uh, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, uh, but it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Would you shake Daisy's hand if it had poo on it? Well, I'd shake Daisy's hand no matter what. <laughs> I mean, I'm I threw Daisy's poo over the fence. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, she pooped. We, we're not sure if it's dog poop from a neighboring dog or if Daisy secretly pooped in the backyard because she keeps pointing out this turd. Yeah, she said to me, she goes, this poop. And I go over and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that is a turd. She goes, this poop. <laughs> and we're like, did you do that? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? But she was wearing pants. So it's like, how would she, unless she pulled her pants down and just did it. <laughs> I don't know how she, like, we got some shorts that she could poop and it yeah. would fall right out. But I don't know. Yeah, it was like days later. We're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. We're having a good time.